The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It has been just over a month since the first case of COVID 19 has been reported or was reported in the province of Alberta. And wow, my oh my, things have changed very, very quickly. And we know that in times of crisis, leadership matters. Uh, with more on this, we're joined by Dr. Dwayne Brandt, political science professor and chair of the Department of Economics, Justice, Policy Studies at Mount Royal University. Dwayne, nice to have you back on the show. Hey, Jalen. How are you holding up, actually? How are things uh, in your world? <laughs> it's, it's, every day is a scramble, you know. Yeah. Um, trying to, I mean, we're, we're working. We're dealing with uh, remote delivery. Um, we have a lot of anxious students, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, we're, we're battling through it. All right, let's start with this. I mean, when you look at everything that's happened over the past four weeks, and let's start at a, at a provincial level, how quickly things have moved, things have been implemented, um, programs have been put in place, decisions made. I mean, that's really uh, quite remarkable, given kind of the slow pace, how traditionally these things move at. Uh, I think all the governments in Canada have, for the most part, handled this crisis as as well as you can imagine. Um, I think in in six months, a year, we're going to do a a retrospective on that. It's always easy to do backseat driving. But what I have noticed is they've allowed public health authorities, experts in their field, like Dr. Henshaw, take a lead role. Uh, We are seeing cooperation across uh, the federal provincial lines, uh, even amongst premiers and prime ministers who don't normally get along. Um, I'm seeing governments uh, going heavily into debt, knowing that they need to create programs to deal with the economic consequences. Uh, of the health crisis as well as the the, the health effects. Uh, there are going to be critics that say, well, we should have taken these actions sooner. Um, but I wrote about this this morning uh, in the Calgary Herald, and most of the reasons that the, these restrictions have worked is through voluntary compliance. Uh, people have accepted the rationale. They've accepted the decision makers as being legitimate, um, and they've voluntarily, um, I mean, there's going to be exceptions, but voluntarily restricted themselves on on social distancing, businesses being closed, schools being closed, sports teams uh, ending. Had you tried to do that sooner, you would have got big pushback. And I don't know if you would have had that compliance. And then by the time you would want to bring in those measures, it would be very difficult to do. Yeah, the article uh, today in the Calgary Herald, uh, and and it talks about authority and legitimacy and the importance of that in getting people to buy into what you're telling them. And that's what you're touching on here. And people have, and one of the things that has been not surprising to me is I I watch her every day, but uh, Dr. Hinshaw, Dr. Teresa Tam, the medical officers of health and how they have handled this, they have really come across as this calm, cool, collected, and they are, um, experts on this, and people want to hear from them. People want um, to to see firsthand what they are saying. I get it all the time when, for example, Premier Kenny comes on and announces the numbers before Dr. Hinshaw. People don't want to hear it from Premier Kenny. They want to hear other things from him. But from her, that's what they want. It's been really interesting to watch. 
It has, and I think some of that is the traditional Canadian stereotype of, of deferring to authority, you know, and deferring to, to expertise. Um, but I think it also realizes that in a situation of a crisis, you want to hear from people who have spent their lives studying this. What I find more remarkable, though, are people like Trudeau and Kenny and Doug Ford, who there's a wide part of their population who do not like those individuals and who mm -hmm. disagree with everything that they have done. But when it came to a crisis, they're accepting the decisions that are being made by those leaders because they may go, I don't like Trudeau, I don't like Kenny, but these are legitimate people who are listening to experts and, and doing what they think is right for the country or for the province, and they're following that. And I think yeah, those yeah. are all positive things uh, compared to what we're seeing south of the border. And you talk about uh, the way um, uh, the, the federal, provincial counterparts have worked through this and, and this team that we really haven't seen before. I mean, there was a McLean's article not too long ago that had a cover on it saying it was Trudeau's worst na nightmare on the front of it. And now Doug Ford um, is saying, you know, we're part of Team Canada. Because here's the, here's the reality, Dwayne. You know, politics doesn't always disappear in crisis. But it seems that um, in, in this case it has. It has, uh, and I mean, there there are exceptions, and, and there's going to be times where it, it doesn't, and you are going to have regular uh, spats, but on the big picture stuff, we are seeing leadership that I think we, we need to. Let's talk about uh, the economy. We're expecting um, the Premier, he's making a televised address tonight, and he, uh, one of the comments, he was at an energy industry conference in, in Calgary suggesting that uh, it could be 25% unemployment in the province, but he said it could be even higher because it doesn't fully account for the impact of the oil price collapse. How do you think that this is going to um, balance out when it comes to things getting better, when we get past the surge, that sort of thing. What is that going to look like in the months to come, Dwayne? Well, and that's going to be the, the challenge, right? So I am not surprised by the 20 to 25% figure. Uh, when you look at the dramatically low price of oil right now, which has been hit by the COVID-19, but also because of the Saudi-Russia oil production battle. But just the amount of businesses that have had to close because of social distancing. Um, and you start to get into these circles like we saw in the, in the Great Depression, where once people lose their job, then they start spending less. And once they start spending less, then that hurts other businesses who then have to lay off more people, that lowers demand, and on and on it, it, it goes. Uh, the difference between the Great Depression and now, however, is we have that as a lesson. And governments have intervened in, in a big way, and they have created packages. I mean, we could be looking, Jason Kenney was the deficit cutter. Uh, we could be looking at a $20 billion provincial debt or deficit. We are looking at a federal deficit that could come close to $200 billion. These are astronomical numbers, um, but it shows that we've got the fiscal capacity to pay this off. Now, there is going to be a challenge, whether that's six months from now, a year from now, two years from now, that we're going to have to start paying that down again. 
once the surge is over, and that's when politics are really going to return, and there'll be a battle about, well, do we have to increase taxes? Do we have to cut spending even more to deal with this? You talk, um, your uh, your opinion piece today, it says health versus the economy debate will come, but it's a, it's a false choice. And I know that there are a number of people, I just have to look at my text line right now, Dwayne, saying that a couple of more weeks people are going to be done. They're worried about the economy. They're worried about their jobs. They're worrying about making money, that there will be a pressure on to get the economy moving. And certainly we're seeing that in, in the United States with President Trump and some of his yeah. comments. That's going to be, that is going to be a, a, a juggling act for for these levels of government to to, to, to try to balance. And, and the financial aid packages that I've been talking about are designed to, to mitigate those effects because for, it's, uh, as I argued, it's a false choice, the economy or, or health care, because if people decide, no, that's it, they've stayed at home long enough, they need to go back to work, restaurants need to open, businesses need to open, you're going to see an increase in uh, cases of COVID-19, you're going to see increases in, in death, and that is going to put even greater strain on the healthcare system. Uh, are people actually going to go out shopping if they're, if you're seeing increased uh, casualties because of COVID-19? Are businesses going to be able to operate if workers are getting sick? Likewise, you know, there are businesses that need to keep going. We have farmers still need to produce food. Grocery stores still need to sell it. Uh, people that are working in the energy industry still need to provide uh, electricity and, and heating. So um, it, there has to be a balance. And this idea that you can choose one over the other, I think, is incorrect. Dwayne, we're going to have to leave it there for right now. I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Always great to talk with you. You as well, Jalen.